With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. What's happening, everybody? It is your probably has a video game addiction <laughs> wizard, Holden McNeely. And it is I, your probably have every other kind of addiction, Bruiser Jake. And we're here to talk to you about our favorite games, movies, shows of the year. We'll even try to rank some of them as we uh, see fit. Maybe I'll do top three movies and TV shows. I have I have got a little depressed seeing how few movies and TV it's, shows. I mean, it's not like there hasn't been a hundred think pieces this year about how like the movie experience has kind of gotten a little boink. There were several strikes, uh, a few new COVID scares, and just a bunch of studios kind of having to peter out the things that they did have in the can during the last COVID scare. So like, the fact that we are a little light on movies, I feel like is a very is I feel like something a lot of people are sharing these days. Lord knows this is short of the lockdown era, the least amount of time I've ever spent going to a theater in my entire life. Yeah, it's crazy. I, the the other side of that, too, is uh, this is probably one of the best game of uh, uh, years for video games Uh in ever like it, it'll go down in history like it is nuts everything like for the opposite it's the opposite of everything you just said all the stuff that was in the pipeline that got fucked because of covid in video game timelines that all that shit's coming out right. this year all that good shit you know tears of the kingdom fucking street fighter six you've got um Alan Wake 2, Final Fantasy 16, fucking Diablo 4. There's just been a relentless outpouring. Spider-Man 2, just a relentless outpouring of incredible video games to the point where I'm like, I think I'm forgetting some. I need to like pull up. I'm still looking at my like list of video games 2023 and making sure that uh, everything's on here that I want to be on here, but it's pretty, pretty wild. My, my video uh, game list is actually incredibly paltry. I feel like I've missed out on so much, and I feel like a huge part of that is the fact that most of my media consumption on a week-by-week basis is stuff for the podcast. You know, uh, getting into, on, on, the, on an average night, 
I'm like reading through a Percy Jackson novel or a bunch of Judge Dredd comics or I'm playing. I did play Super Mario RPG, just not the remake. I played the SNES original for podcast purposes. Like uh, I played through The Last of Us, but that's the old, you know, but that's it's all old. All I play through and read and watch a lot more old shit than I ever thought I would. I played through Portal 1 and 2 this year, and, like, that doesn't count. So much of the shit I've been doing doesn't count because of our goddamn professional obligations. And thank you, by the way, for listening. Your support on Patreon, as well as just being a uh, regular listener, means the world to us. And frankly, I think you're sexy. I find you sexually yeah. attractive. I'm agreeing with all that stuff. I'm agreeing with all that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hear that. I totally hear that. And uh, so we're going to try to kind of mush our different uh, stuff we liked together. Why don't we start with uh, movies? So why don't we start with the most sparse category, probably for both okay. of us? Here are the movies that I remember watching this year. <laughs> Not that came enjoyed, out this year. remembered. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got on my list. Barbie, Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. and the Dial of Destiny. I literally just watched it last night. I finished it last night. I watched it in three installments. Stop <laughs> making movies two hours and 40 minutes long. You're killing me. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Asteroid City, which I didn't even Jesus. finish. And I don't know, maybe the best filmic experience of my entire life in the movie theater. That's right. We're talking Taylor oh Swift eras to round it out a concert film. Um, we can talk about those. Why don't we, why don't we hear your right. list, Jake? And then maybe we'll try to parse these out and make so, some sense. So, uh, I also put down Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, which I feel like would be kind of lower because even though it is beautiful and watching it in the theater, I was fully entranced as soon as it was over and it hit that cliffhanger and like the actual like totality of what I just watched, like really got absorbed. I was like. I don't know if that worked real well as a movie movie. I think the mm. first one was a better movie movie. Movie movie. Well, but just the cliffhanger yeah. and just all of it. Yeah, it was this weird like part one for sure. Uh, for obviously, sure. Barbie was a fantastic time. Uh, also adding to your list, I want to throw down uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was an amazing send off for that franchise. Uh, all the, you know, it, it got me caring about like, shit from the comics that like when I was reading it for our Guardians of the Galaxy episode, I was like, yeah, they're never going to add the fucking sad walrus friend. That's dumb. That's not going to be in the movies. And then fuck, it was in the movies. And I cried. I cried for them. I'm shocked. I haven't seen the Guardians movie is it's totally insane. I'm shocked. I haven't seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That's feels bad. That one is a delightful little romp. If you come in with very light expectations, you will be pleasantly surprised. Uh, I really like the way they kind of leaned into a lot of the aspects of the franchise that, uh, you know, kind of the playmates, gnarly, uh, goofy toy eccentricities, all these characters that definitely filled my toy box as a 90s kid. uh, And they actually gave them screen time when usually... If you're rebooting the Turtles, you're trying to make it sleeker. You're trying to make it more streamlined. You're trying to make it more uh, appealing to the youths. But uh, this Turtles Me and Mayhem did a great job because it gave it was the first time I feel like you really saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as teenagers. They got really young voice actors. They're making all of these cultural references. They're using their cell phones. They are like actual teenagers in the way that you can recognize, not just 
squat, angry, green men. Um, another movie that I feel like a lot of people didn't appreciate or, you know, it's getting a little bit more appreciation on streaming is Dungeons and Dragons Honor yes. Among Thieves. I, I just added it to my list because I was scrolling through the movies and I said, oh, that's one I've seen and absolutely loved. I thought it was a wonderful romp. It was a great time. I mean, there's nothing deep going on here. Nothing's blowing your mind or anything like that, but it is just an absolute joy and a wonderful translation of what Dungeons and Dragons is all about. Uh, Specifically, sure. I really like the way that they kind of made fun or without like actually going into like someone rolling a critical fail. Uh, you see like things go wrong and people fuck up and have to adapt. And that is part of the fun of Dungeons and Dragons is the silliness of doing these encounters, trying something epic and then kind of whiffing and having to just like recover from that. And uh, I'm thinking of like when Chris Pine, uh, his face starts melting from the illusion. That's a great scene. Mm -hmm. uh, just everything about it was truly enjoyable. And I feel like it did not get enough credit. Um, and uh, for horror, I would like to add um, May Megan Mithrigan and oh, that, talk that to me. Out? It was January 2023. I had to check. Man, I rewatched Megan with Lexi. That movie is barely a horror movie. It no, is it's the silly. Best. It's like a fun little, you know, it's like Gremlins. It's like, uh, you know, it's horror adjacent. It's horror yes, it's just comedy. So horror comedy. Like, That's a genre. Which is a good thing. Like, if you uh, wish you could enjoy horror movies more, but like they're a little too intense for you often times, this is a great, palatable, fun romp horror movie that will never push your limits uh, in terms of, you know, the kills or anything like that and just is a lot of fun. And honestly, I'm sad I missed it in the theaters. Apparently, uh, the way Jackie tells it, it was very fun. Um, and uh, if you're more into, like, actual horror, talk to me. I found really great. It was uh, Australian produced. It's a bunch of teenagers basically doing uh, possessions as a form of cheap, like, party high and it like slowly builds and it's a great kind of ghost story with a uh, from a perspective that like you don't really see as often. And I found it really enjoyable. Um, but I'm and I'm not a huge horror guy. That's the thing is I don't really seek it out unless yeah. it's like absolutely uh, kind of got like eight layers of approval. So like I missed out on uh, what was it malignant. I missed out on a lot of shit. I don't even know if that was this year. God, I swear. I spend so much time providing content for you people. <laughs> Melina was, right. I think, last year, which is, and it was a lot of fun. Let me unpack. Uh, anything uh, else on your list? Turtles, Spider-Man, Talk to Me, Dungeons, Barbie, Guardians. I mean, Barbie. I, Let's talk about Barbie. Pretty Let's talk high, about Barbie I feel like, on both of our lists. I think Barbie is probably my number two on my list. I think it was one of the best. Like the movie theater experience too is now become a little bit of a part mm -hmm. of it, right? If I'm fortunate enough and everyone dressing up in all pink, the vibe of the theater, I, you know, I was in the minority as a dude and I saw it. Like I saw a lot of women of all ages like have a moment in that, in mm -hmm. that theater. You know, there was like not a dry eye in the house by the end. It was really felt like this. And even though it wasn't like, for me, you know, 
Um, and I wish they'd make more movies for my demographic. But uh, even though it wasn't like for me technically in this way, I felt that amazing moment of like a lot of people feeling a little more like seen mm. and heard and all that annoying internet language. You know what I mean? I, and not to be too like lame. No, and no, no. It, it's, but it it's, was cool. it's, I, I feel like at this point now that the movie's been out for a while, there's enough people pushing back where it's like, uh, you know, the big speech where uh, where the, the mom's like, is, is it's really hard wrote. because if you don't try and be pretty, they're mean to you. But then if you are pretty, they're mean to you in a different way. Yeah. And like people, you know, enough people are like, this is not the most mind bending feminist take I've ever heard. Right. This is this is pretty basic feminism. One hundred and one. That being said, stuff. I wish I feel like you and me got like extra because this we all we both saw this movie right after doing our research for the Barbie episode. Yes. So I, like it, when it pregnant Midge lot. comes up, you're like, oh, fuck, that's pregnant Midge. Yes. And when like uh, Ruth from uh, Ruth, the creator shows up, you know exactly who that is. And you're like, I wonder if they're going to talk about the tax evasion. And she literally says like, <laughs> and I did a little totally. tax evasion. And you're like, ah, yes. like it so was uh, honestly, it's kind of I, I kind of felt kinship. With the filmmakers, because I feel like they read the same books and watched the same documentaries we did, because all of the touchstones were there. And I feel like that really helped and kind of uh, reinforced uh, the appreciation for the franchise that was in the movie. Yeah, Barbie's Barbie's great. I, I agree, though, with the like, yeah, the kind of feminine f- feminism 101 kind of sentiment uh, for sure. But otherwise, also that I do, Dua Lipa like, song is still stuck in my head. It's still stuck in my head. I love I'm away. Just Ken. Oh, yeah. I I love like the musical moments in that in that movie. I, it's a movie of of this list. It's probably the only one I'm genuinely like really excited to mm. see again. Well, besides <laughs> Eras, which just came out for rent. Uh, actually, and I haven't watched it yet. I, I was thinking about renting it last night, but it is twenty dollars mm. to rent. I'm a little annoyed at that. Karma one. is a bitch. Let's see if it goes Karma is and, a bitch. Exactly. Uh, moving on to the next entry in my list, Indiana Jones and Dial Destiny. I just I also it. saw it. Did not put it on my list. Well, it's on my like list of stuff I watched, right? Just to talk about. I mean, that's that's because I also put fucking cocaine bear on here, and that movie sucks ass. But let's get back to Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny. Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny. It uh, cocaine bear doesn't suck ass, but it's I'll 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 get into it. Indiana Jones and the Dial Destiny, I think, largely benefits from not being Kingdom of the Crystal mm-hmm. Skull. I think it's like outside. It's probably the fourth best movie in the franchise. I still think that original trilogy, even uh, the second one, even um, Temple of Doom, which I, I, hey, I'll always have a nostalgic love for, so whatever. It's, it'll always be high on my list no matter what. But those are the the King shit movies, but it was... uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge is awesome it's in this so movie. It's so weird that I that's like the what the people were like mad about the most. And she is literally the best new thing, new part of the whole thing. Uh, which, why were people uh, mad? They just thought she'd give a speech about, you know, it's really tough because if you're not pretty, they're mean to you. But if you're too pretty, they're mean to you. <laughs> like, they just thought that's what the movie would be. But no, she's like a great, uh, you know, like hard gambling uh, foil. That's like what every Indiana every Jones movie is always Indiana had. Jones movie has a strong female character. Like yeah. every one has like the whole point of it is that there's always this like badass lady who's 
not like the other girls a little bit, you know? Uh, I, wait, except hold on. for maybe Temple of Doom, but you know, uh, that one's covering, for Let for me just cover happening. my ass for a second. It is actually bullshit that they're mean to you if you're not pretty, but then if you are pretty, they're a different kind of mean to you. That, that sucks. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I, it does I suck. Wish it things, is annoying. I really, we should do something about that. I apologize yeah, yeah. for being so glitched. We'll change it. <laughs> we'll get it. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. But yeah, uh, the movie though is like, I agree with you kind of put it in good context where you're just like, it's just watching these a lot of these like old people <laughs> in a room together being like, I can't believe you're still alive. <laughs> like, wow. But I still really enjoyed it. I felt like it had a fun, different kind of direction for like the finale. Oh. Although I did want to see someone's like face melt off or something. I thought that was kind of whatever. It didn't have as much of that. But I did think it's like had fun action. It really moved. It was the kind of movie I threw on and and Lexi was kind of whatever about it first and then was like, no, I'm actually really into this. I'm excited to finish this. So it had that at least. It passed the Lexi mm. test. So I don't know. It's not It's not going to make my top three, which I think I'm just going to do a top three for this category. But uh, I wanted to mention it. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I, th- I kind of agree with you, but I will say the... The feats of mm-hmm. animation is, are are so impressive in this movie, and I think uh, an, a a step above even. Oh, absolutely! I mean, absolutely! It was that's the thing in the theater, like just seeing what visual insanity and beauty they were unveiling, making you really question, like, what the fuck have we been doing with CG movies this entire time? Like, if yeah. you can truly produce like the height of your imagination why is it always like big ass moms just going like like oh no your magical pet ruined my carpet like it's it's uh the scene where uh gwen and miles are like having this deep conversation while sitting upside down and everything's inverted incredible all the color grading and all the stylistic things with all the different spider-men from different universes uh spider punk his whole like cut up Xerox uh, uh, punk poster aesthetic was incredible. Like they made it work. And that is a huge accomplishment, despite the amount of horrifying crunch and uh, in ideal uh, circumstances they worked under. It's it just like without the spectacle of seeing it in the theaters, I would rather watch the first one because it is just a more solid movie. Yeah, I, I think w- what's funny is like I'm not going to know how I fully feel about this movie until the rest of the movie yeah. comes out. Yeah. And when the rest of the movie comes out, we will be able to have a different conversation about all of this. And we'll be like, no, no, no. The two, one, two punch of Across the Spider-Verse and up in that big ass Spider-Verse, whatever <laughs> yeah. they call the next one. All up Fucking. in them verses. 
big butt mom's <laughs> weird adventures with spy with Miles Morales, whatever they want to call it. Uh, that that is when we can finally have the real conversation about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. But it's it might make the top three. We'll see. A movie that like I, I only have on here. I, I can't rank it. I haven't finished it, but I have to acknowledge that Asteroid City came out this year no. and it was good. I've watched like half of it and then our rental period ran out <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. we're parents and we can only watch fucking half of a movie at a time. Uh, I, I still need to like pay the money and re-rent it and finish it, but I enjoyed the hell out of what I saw, but I just feel like I can't really speak towards it. Taylor Swift eras, like, yeah, it's probably going to be my number one. I loved it. Like, it was the big, you know, the, the, going to see it in concert was like the big yeah, thing yeah. of my year this year. I mean, it was like such a huge deal for me to go see this fucking concert. I bought tickets for Loverfest in L.A. back when she had fucking <laughs> half the fandom she has now. And easily got very good seats, by the way. That's the difference, right? And that's pre-pandemic. And then that show got canceled because of pandemic. And then I had I, I spent the same amount of money, probably more, to sit in the last seat in the stadium. The f- absolute back row. I had fucking killer seats for Loverfest. So getting to see this close up, getting to see it intimately in a theater with a bunch of Swifties was one of the best movie theater experiences I've ever had in my life. And the, it, the they pull off that concert film incredibly. It is almost three hours of nonstop, just awesome fucking <laughs> rippers, dude. Just one after the other, Jake. I I pissed. Mm. I shat. Yeah, I peed. I took a dump. <laughs> in the bathroom like you got up yeah yeah the bathroom i'm sure at some point that day and i was very i was white wine wasted it was a great time so uh love that uh cocaine bear you know honestly that ambulance part shout out to manny that part's really good i just don't get it that movie was generating so much good momentum. It sneaks on a plane. Like if if the title is funny enough, people will root for it. And then the actual reality, it was almost really good. I think the movie was good up until the ambulance scene. And then after the ambulance scene, they just like, didn't know where to go. It felt like they just like did not, it, it almost should have been a short film. I mean, it was so weird. It just got so like the worst thing I could accuse it of. It got boring. Mm. Why? There's no reason for that movie to get boring, but it did. And it was actually pretty fun up until then. Little Mermaid, it's just there's no need for it. I watched it on an ah. airplane. I um I don't know. There's just no no need for these remakes, I think, at the end of the day. It didn't really it didn't really wow me. And a movie I can't believe we didn't bring up to round out movies that we both saw in the movie theater. The Super Mario Bros. Yeah, movie, not, bro. It's, it was fine. It was fine. It was a nostalgic romp. I loved all the scenes in Brooklyn. All the scenes in Brooklyn I found really endearing. I got my, like, Captain Lou Albano vibe. Uh, the scene where they're, like, with their family and they're just, like, talking about, like, it, it felt very nice. Um, you know, Jack Black was great as Bowser. It all worked. I just, it, it doesn't, it, it's not even worth talking about in terms of a top three movies of the year well this is tough and shitty to say the absolute least because re- uh, t- taylor swift eras at number one is a lock barbie at number two i think is a lock and i think i guess for my third i'll have to go with spider-man across the mm. spider-verse for number three right. 
to be to be my top three movies of the year. Uh, it's a piss poor year for movies and a piss poor year for me going to the movies. So this list is by no means indicative of mm-hmm. goodness, but. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I saw. This is what I liked. I didn't see Oppenheimer. I haven't seen a lot of shit. But it really, honestly, I'm looking th- at this. I thought I there would be a lot more movies I'd be looking at on this list of movies in 2023 that I haven't seen. But it's really only a small handful. Evil Dead Rise, I'd like to see. Guardians. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like any of those could take my number three. But... I'd, at the at the end of the day, it's not like I, I'm like, damn, I need to, I'm, I'm missing out. What do you got, Jake? What are your top three movies of 2023? Top three, I'd have to say, uh, number one would be Barbie, just for the event of it and for all of the meta and like kind of experimental things that they threw in there. I just liked that they the movie had this kind of dream logic to it and that they were able within the confines of just some licensed tie-in movie do some wacky shit with it i found it very refreshing it feels like you don't get to make that kind of movie you know like i'm trying like like uh like uh repo men or something you know like where things can get a little gonzo and it's okay because like you're still communicating the emotion i found it really nice uh gardens of the galaxy volume 3 I really, truly enjoyed it. I just like they stuck the landing and in a year where Marvel is um, and most superhero movies are just kind of flailing. It was still kind of a reminder that, you know, you can tell stories like this and it is really, really compelling. Uh, I think number three for me in terms of just like raw enjoyment movies that I will go back to Dungeons and Dragons. I really feel like Dungeons and Dragons is a is going to stand the test of time as a as a go-to like fun movie more so than uh across the spider-verse which would have been a number four if we were doing like more than three so Uh i would say barbie guardians volume three dungeons and dragons for my top three this year hell yeah all right uh love it so there you go there's movies let's do tv shows i don't think we need to spend a ton of time on tv shows because I have a lot more for games. Yeah, personally. yeah, we can uh, we can keep it we can keep it brief. Um, we don't even have to do a ranking. I think we can just like what are what are some talk about the, It's so impossible to rank this list of shows <laughs> in front of me. So I'll just talk about let's talk about the list of shows right, that okay. are in front of me. I know we're I'm not ranking, shit off. but like which one is screaming the most at you? Which is the one that you are looking at your list and you're like, fuck, I gotta talk about it. This one made an impact on me. Okay, number one show of the year, probably with a bullet, is going to be Jury Duty. Jury Duty is so fucking good, bro. I Do you don't know Jury know. Duty? It's a sitcom? It's, a, it's like a weird... Okay, this is the premise. It's like a mockumentary. On Amazon Freebie. Is that what it's on? I think I saw it on Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Jury Duty is a show written by the, in quotes, big quotation marks, because it's very loose, written by a couple of guys, I believe, who wrote for mm-hmm. The Office. What they did was, everybody in there is an actor except for <laughs> one guy. One guy actually thinks he's a jury duty. And James Marsden plays himself, and he plays a douchebag ver- Hollywood actor version of himself. Uh, the hotel they stay in is actually close to where I live, which is crazy. 
and they literally like convince him that he until the very end when they finally tell him they fully convince him that he's a part of like this this crazy trial and then weird shenanigans happen like everybody in the cast is an improv fucking master they also got like real people from craigslist to kind of pad out the jury panel that just to like that so it's just this insane mixture of reality and and writing and it's so funny and i was like just glued to it i just was binging the fuck out of it with lexi i had so much fun with this show definitely highly recommend jury that duty. is fascinating i would not have expected it you gotta okay, watch yeah, it marie you souls. guys will lose so your sold. minds it's so funny. I'm surprised that I haven't I, talked we, to you we about do it. our little roundups on the Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash Whizbrew. Get to hear our shooting the shit bonus episodes. It's a weekly rundown of the things that we're obsessed with. Um, but yeah, no, this is the first time you're mentioning it, and it's your number one. That is fascinating. It is. It 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 really is. I think in terms of like reality stuff that I, you know. Great British was great this season. It was good this week, you know, this year. I have 90 Day Fiance written down. I mean, I the newest season I'm really enjoying, actually. I think it's a good mix of ridiculous people. But the uh, the reality one, and maybe it's just more because it's fresh in my head, but I fucking loved Squid Game <laughs> Challenge. I, I keep saying this. I love how evil it is. I love they still haven't paid the winner. And like, <laughs> just all of it. It's just... It was just incredible. Oh, God. Milf Manor came Milf out this Manor year. Milf Manor was this year? God damn. Well, Milf Manor almost would have taken my like top reality. But the problem was is that Milf Manor really... It was a cocaine mm-hmm. beer. It, mm-hmm. was, it had so much potential, and it was pretty strong out the gate. And then it just slowly became yep. boring, for sure. What about you? What's screaming at of you right the, now? Okay, so the things that are screaming at me... Um, I'd have to say, uh, looking at my list, it is a huge year for uh, things Jake likes being given the kind of treatment that he always wanted them to get. So uh, number one right now that I want to talk about is My Adventures with Superman, which was... I was just about to bring that up. uh, An animated kind of retelling of uh, the story of Superman, uh, you know, that first meet cute with Lois Lane, Smallville goes to the big city of Metropolis. It's done by uh, Studio Mir, who you might remember from Legend of Korra and Boondocks. Uh, and it is just a really charming and like endearing portrayal of this character that has gotten just so clusterfucked with like dark takes. And, you know, uh, in the comics, it's all about his kid and just. Just it's been a very long time since a heartwarming story of a very strong guy who can fly saving a city and uh, struggling with that responsibility and trying to be the best of us while falling in love with a plucky reporter and his best friend, Jimmy Olsen, along for the ride. Uh, it's just really well done. Uh, my, I watched it with Marie. She was a huge fan of Himbo Superman. She squealed with delight the first time he did his like Sailor Moon transformation <laughs> sequence uh, in the suit. It's just a wonderful uh, hybrid of like anime style storytelling and aw shucks Lois and Clark, uh, you know, rom-com with a very interesting take on some of Superman's more obscure villains. 
I just really hope that this thing uh, gets a second season because I just think they did a bang up job on capturing what it is about this character that has made him an endearing icon. Um, also, also in just shit Jake like getting finally the good treatment, One Piece, the live action series, it's nice. been decades, decades for just yeah, One Piece yeah, waiting. For somebody to actually do a Western live action adaptation of an anime franchise and do it right in a way that captures the charm of the original. And, you know, after so many bad blockbusters and so many bad Netflix adaptations, finally, somebody figured it out. And they really just the cast is so good. Um, the way that they just let the weirdness of this universe just exist and you can kind of just like give in to the Jim Henson-y logic of everything. So much stuff was done practically. It just, it made me from like a One Piece appreciator to a One Piece fan. I've been catching up on the manga. I'm like in now. I truly, truly think that this team deserves so much credit for doing something that no, I don't feel like anybody has done right before. This is mm. going to be a landmark uh, production when we finally get to the animeification of the live act. I, it's, it's, as soon as like Iron Man 2 came out, I was telling everybody around me like, you know, the real shit's going to hit the fan when they finally figure out how to do anime adaptations. Because like, uh-huh. yeah, a lot of people like Green Lantern, but entire generations around the world love Naruto and Dragon Ball. Like, yes, like that fandom is hungry for this. And uh, the One Piece live action series was really great. Weirdly pull it off. And it's such a fantastical world to to translate into live action. And they they actually found a way. Now, it's very impressive. This is uh, (laughs) the I just finished the Scott Pilgrim and new animated series. And I think they did. I think they did a really good job revisiting the series. There's a great rug pull. In the first episode where you all of a sudden very dramatically realize that this isn't just an animated retelling of the comic and movie and that they're going to be doing some new interesting shit with it. And um, the animation by uh, Science Saru, I believe it's uh same company that did Devilman Crybaby is really, really beautiful. Uh, and I obviously... If you're like annoyed by millennial sarcasm and references, this will probably be like poison to you. But as someone that truly loved those original graphic novels, um, I think they did a fantastic job. Uh, and this is this is this is a weird one. The new season of Rick and Morty with the new voice actors is really good. I like have been eagerly watching every new episode with the exact same excitement as like those first two seasons when it really was such a sleeper hit out of nowhere. Um, the like you you don't miss you just don't miss uh, what's his Justin Roiland like he's 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 not voicing the characters it's not him anymore but like the plots are still really fun twists on established tropes. There's just enough meta humor to make you go like, ah, they just did a meta joke about how they're doing meta jokes. I am very smart. Um, I think it's really good. I, I can't believe they pulled it off, but I'm excited that they're going to keep making them. Um, 
and fi- for non-licensed things, for non uh, just shit Jake cartoon people Jake likes, uh, the uh, Righteous Gemstone season three was really great. That show just keeps uh, oh, yeah. the comedy and the drama and everything. That's the thing. I think we got, I mean, if we're going to talk re- can, returning, mm-hmm. I mean, I have to shout out uh, Succession was amazing, had its final season, I believe, this year as well. Uh, you know, stuff like that. I, I don't some, watch some sh- The Bear, but people seemed very happy about The Bear. Yes, The Bear is great. And se- and it's one of those where season one's solid, but season two's where it gets really, really good. I think that show's great. Yeah, so I've been watching a lot of TV. It's just like new shit. One show that I cannot necessarily like, I wouldn't be able to like rank, even though I don't, we're not ranking, but um, it one bears show that I'm ex- discussing. I'm excited to continue, but it hasn't all come out yet. And what's out I'm not caught up on is The Curse. Nathan Fielder's new show with Emma ah. Stone is uncomfortable <laughs> and uh, all those good things you expect from a Nathan Fielder show. So, uh, very much enjoying that. Uh, let's see some quick shout outs before we get into video games. A uh, really good time for cult documentaries, like literally just more recently. Love Has One on Max is phenomenal. The Escaping Twin Flames documentary on Netflix. There's also a tw- uh, documentary about Twin Flames on, uh, I believe, Amazon as well or Hulu. But I watched the Netflix one. That one was really good. Um, that is a horrible cult. And uh, they, they play off of people's desire to, you know, lonely people. They play off their desire to find their soulmate. But Love is One was like this, just this crazy uh, drunk hippie convinced a bunch of people to just like beat party with her until she drank herself mm-hmm. to death under the guise mm-hmm. of a cult. And uh, as Henry said, it's like if the party house <laughs> was the cult. It's so weird. It's such a weird one. It's such a good one. And it, it has, it's one of those docu-series that has so many weird twists and turns that Folks, really if you're you. in any social gathering and somebody suggests colloidal silver under any circumstances, <laughs> get the fuck out of there. You are yeah, in the, the wrong place if colloidal silver is part of the conversation. Also, I really did enjoy that Beckham documentary that series. That was actually really solid. I watched that recently. Just gives you a good in on how shitty uh, English football fans can be. They're just terrible people. All the lot of them. You didn't even have to clarify with football fans, Holden. <laughs> with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited two percent cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn two percent cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and two percent cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step cat litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step clumping cat litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step cat litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. 
And uh, the Wham! documentary, I assume, is also going to be on this conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't write it down, but I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, the Wham! documentary was a lot of fun as well. Shout out to that if you want a good music documentary. That's definitely uh, a rec- recommendation. I have no interest in Wham! and I thought it was a fun music doc for sure. Uh, and I've got to give some shout outs to a show that really kind of took me by storm this year. Um, it's fucking terrible, but maybe like I did have fun watching it. Hate watching this show. You should maybe, maybe get it, pull out the popcorn with some friends and hate watch the shit. I would love to hear Marie's thoughts on the idol. I would oh, love God. to, 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 to hear never, a commentary. Why of would I invite that into my home? Why would Man, I? The idol, the weakest performance, one of the most obnoxious performances of all time. He's so annoying. He's such an annoying fucking fucker in that show. The show's so ridiculous. The show's point of view is so like up its own ass and and just like uh, just trying to be so sexy and cool. And it's so fucking lame. I'm a freak. Yeah. I mean, Jackie and I were singing it. Constantly. I was there. I was in the car. I it's, remember. It's foul. That show is foul on a level that I had. That's like. Up there with the wow. Welsh Manor, like it really is just, just absolutely despicable. Uh, Any other shows um, before we get into video the games? Recent run of the Doctor Who specials, where they brought back David Tennant and Catherine Tate, uh, have been extremely enjoyable. And uh, obviously, if you're not a Doctor Who fan, it's it's just going to be uh, generic, high minded sci fi with British people. But for uh, again, keeping with the theme of thing I used to like being brought back and done well. It is very much a great kind of um, return to form for the character, for the series. And I genuinely appreciated all three of them. All right. I actually have a ranking, so I'm just going to speed rank here. Jury Duty, number one. Squid Game, The Challenge, number two. And actually, no. Squid Game, Challenge, number three. Love Has Won, number two. I can't give Squid Game that much credit. So there you go. Love has won at number two, Squid Game the Challenge. I, I respect that. I can't. I can't rank these weird assemblage of nostalgia payouts. Do you have a, t- do you have a top um, one? Hmm. A top one, you'd say. What's your number one TV show? I, th- in ter- TV I think show in terms of what like affected me the most, One Piece live action, just uh, A, because it was great, B, because the source material is fantastic, and C, just the raw emotional release of, holy fuck, they've done it. They finally fucking done it uh, has left the most impact with me. I mean, I got a one piece tattoo basically yeah. because that show was so good yeah. and it like it cemented what one piece represents in my mind. Uh, all right. Oh, and my oh, minor shout out to uh, JJK and Demon Slayer having great seasons this year as well. Uh, despite yeah. the overworked animators also nearly dying on that one. Folks, sure. We got to let the animators eat and sleep. We, we appreciate their work. They make a lot of money for a lot of people. Let them eat and sleep, for God's sake. All right, let's get into it. The top games of 2023. I get, Why don't we get yours out of the way, and then we'll like dive into mine, because I have a long list of games. You have a short list I of games. I really, truly have not been gaming to the height of my abilities, uh, besides you know a lot of legacy uh, arena shooters or not arena, sh- whatever Fortnite, Apex Legends, Overwatch. Always just if I have a quick couple of minutes, I'll pop that open. Um, 
shout, uh, I guess, lesser known stuff that I know won't be on your list. Uh, My Friendly Neighborhood, which is an indie kind of jump scare horror game, but it's uh, a first person uh, kind of uh, puzzle, environmental puzzle slash horror shooter uh, with a Sesame Street theme. All of the bad guys are just giant Muppets. Uh, as someone that was absolutely raised by the children's television workshop, I found it to be a very fun subversion. Um, I never spent as much time in Chuck E. Cheese. So like this was my five nights at Freddy's in terms of like, oh, the thing that I loved as a kid is kind of fucked up. If you have them try and kill you in a dimly lit area over in Jake's mobile game corner, I played a lot of shitty, uh, match three games on the toilet, but the games I want to talk about are uh, Ridiculous Fishing EX, which is available on Apple Arcade and Subpar Pool. Um, Ridiculous Fishing was one of my favorite games during like the yeah, iPod Touch era. And they finally updated it with modern graphics and more um, with, with more uh, deeper mechanics in order to just like make a more full rounded modern title. They brought back a lot of the uh, developers for it. And I think it's really good. The entire Apple Arcade ecosystem is pretty great. Uh, In a world where so many games are just these horrifyingly just just money grubbing. I don't even know how to say it. But like if you grew up where a game was a thing you paid money for and you got a full experience, it's really hard to find that on mobile these days. And Apple Arcades keeps releasing decent games for pretty much any game. taste out there. So if you if you want that if you want to pay that $6 a month, I say do it. Uh Subpar Pool is a new game from the creator of uh some of my favorite mobile games ever. Uh it's the uh developer behind Twofold and Hold Down and it is kind of a mini golf billiards hybrid where you get a set amount of shots and you just put the ball in the hole. You just it's very easy to listen to a podcast and just goof around with it incredibly clean and uh, nice cartoony art style. And once again, you pay money for the game and then you can just play the game and it is a good game. And I feel like more people should give it a shot. So subpar pool available for uh, Google, Android, Apple, Nintendo eShop and Steam. Check that out. Uh, The rest, I if we're going to talk about it, Mario Brothers Wonder, Tears of the Kingdom, Alan Wake 2. Yeah, we'll get to it when I do my rundown of my list. Uh, Jake's Mobile Game Corner, top mobile game of 2023. What is your number one mobile game of uh, 2023? Probably Mighty Doom. I realized I didn't put it on my list. I think that was this year. God, I pray <laughs> it was this year. In terms of just most time played, uh, Mighty Doom is a mobile kind of uh, roguelike shooter uh, you can play it with one hand. You get power ups. You go room to room, um, and it is uh, yeah, March twenty first, twenty twenty three. Plays kind of like Binding of Isaac, using the uh, classic Doom menagerie of villains and weapons. You upgrade your kit. You uh, get power ups along the way. Very addictive. Very simple. Very easy to pick up and play. Very streamlined. I will say they really, uh, you know, good old Bethesda. They just there's a lot of uh, walls that where they clearly want you to just pay for your own upgrades like they make you just at a certain several points, actually, since I've started playing, 
They're like, you're going to stop progressing and you're just going to play the same level over and over again because the difficulty spike is so overwhelming that we're you're going to pay for weapons. You're going to pay for like extra bonuses. You're going to pay for more resources. Um, or like, oh, you died. Uh, better watch an ad if you want to keep playing. Like that part of it, I really don't like. But uh, I, in terms of just amount of time playing, Mighty Doom was uh, definitely the one that I was the most addicted, enthralled, entranced by. But seriously, mm-hmm. just pay for Apple Arcade. It's, that's what you got to do. Congratulations, Mighty Doom. Uh, amazing. All right. Uh, all right. We've got a long list here of stuff. Um, I, I was able to kind of narrow it down a little bit because, first of all, I have a best remakes category because I don't want to rank them in my game of the year, like best games. Because the remakes, they're incredible, but they're, you know, those games already existed and they all they had to do is make them better and like update them to now. And yeah, it is good that they didn't fuck that up. And it's, it's, it is easy to fuck that up. I've played plenty of bad remakes, but at the end of the day, the everything was already there for the most part. And years and years have gone mm-hmm. by for them to sit around and think about how you could easily improve some antiquated gameplay mechanic from a decade ago or what have you. Right. So the, uh, the best remakes I've already wow. ordered them. My top four remakes of the year, starting at number four, dead space, Metroid Prime Remastered, Super Mario RPG, Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 4, if you played the Resident Evil 2 remake, um, and lesser so the Resident Evil 3 remake, you And Resident already, Evil Village. <laughs> and Resident Evil Village. Well, well, Village is in the newer line. I'm saying in the remake line. Like, if you played Resident Evil 2, you kind of already had a feeling this game was going to be fucking badass. It's... They're giving the remake treatment that they gave to 2, which was so superb, to... Arguably the best game in the series. Ar- ar- many, some would argue the best game of all time, right? Some people I really feel that that is the best game of all time. Uh, what it did for like action, horror, and so many genres uh, it was incredibly groundbreaking. It, it's amazing. People, like we, I mean, a lot of people pointed out, but it is a, like when you think about the over-the-shoulder shooting mechanic, third-person shooter. That's yeah. where it started. <laughs> like totally and. This game took anything that sucked about that game for the most part and improved on it. So, like, there are sections of the game that are wholly different from what they did in the original. But there's not enough of that to say, oh, it's like a different game Mm -hmm. now. It's still that game. But, man, they just did so much good work on it and brought so much of what they've already been doing with the newer games as well as the newer remake games that it's just it's just great. I can't wait to replay it. I haven't played. There's DLC that just came out. I, I'm excited to play that. I'm excited to return to it for sure. Uh, last night I was playing Super Mario RPG. Man, that fucking game rules. <laughs> Super Mario RPG is awesome. And the remake's awesome. And I love the way they do. I, I think more... I would almost like to see at this point after playing Final Fantasy 16, Final Fantasy 7 Remake... Final Fantasy 15, I'm starting to almost feel like, man, I almost wish they would go back to menu fighting, but add the Super Mario RPG shit to it and and make it even more complex than what Super Mario Mm. RPG does. Because just the fact that I'm timing button presses on attacks and timing button presses on attacks coming at me to 
if you time it right, you take zero damage. Not from every attack, but like a lot of attacks, certain attacks. If you time it right, you don't get hit at all. And if you time your attacks out that are coming out right, you deal massive damage. You flip the crab in his back. It's awesome. And it makes you feel so mm -hmm. good playing like just grinding normal fights in, in like the field or whatever. It's not really the field. There's like very defined levels, but very defined like zones. But still, it it just like makes the most mundane, grindy fighting like fun and exciting and make you feel like a badass you know it's just a very smooth great game it never overstays its welcome on dialogue on on all that kind of side of things N nor does it really on like the area like mm -hmm. the level designs like i feel like you, you it's just like as soon as you're just about kind of feeling ah, i'm kind of getting over this they give you that really fun boss fight and then you're on to the next. I've got two stars left, so I'm actually kind of moving, making my way towards the end game here, and I'm, I'll am be sad to leave it. I think it's so fun. I'm really, really looking forward to playing that game on my uh, I mean, on my you, can, you can train up for that big Culex fight if you want. Yeah. I, uh, that's... Do I do There's that two. Fight? There's two in this one. Yeah, really? they like... Uh, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but Culex comes back, and it's it's funny what they do with him. I might, I, I think it's the kind of thing though, I'm just going to look up how to do it and then just do what I look yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's not going to be Spam like the these attacks and use these items yes. at this point. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. And then to round it out, I mean, they're just both incredible games that got really nice re remaster treatment, remake treatment. But I feel like they're a even more one-to-one -one than the last two. Like, I feel like they, the stuff they did to Super Mario RPG to like make it, even better like the stuff they do with the time button presses and stuff they make that way like even better in this in this game they there's so many quality of life improvements where it feels like more necessary whereas metroid primary master and dead space are really just those mm -hmm. games but i loved replaying them with like better graphics or or some quality of life improvements you know updated on my switch and on my pc it was great uh, but I think that's just Resident Evil 4 <laughs> Super RPG just bring more to the table in terms of. Their uh, yeah, there's you know. only I mean, for Dead Space, like it's, I don't I, I just feel no desire to like walk around a big spooky spaceship while listening to an audio log. It's like, man, the last five people that held this rock went crazy and killed their family. I'm going to stick it up my butt just to see what happens <laughs> for science. Yeah. It's fun. It's a great I love the uh, that Dead Space one. It's good. All right, first of all, I have to get it out of the way. Games I didn't play because I'm almost certain in uh, in like a month I would revisit this list and put Baldur's Gate 3 mm. and Spider-Man 2 on my top 10. I just literally haven't played them yet, but everything I'm seeing and hearing indicate that I will be loving them as soon as I get back. Those are my games I'm going to download the second I get back into town from holiday break. I'm going to come home. I'm going to download Spider-Man 2 on my PS5. I'm going to download Baldur's Gate 3 on my PC, and like that's going to be my my like return uh, gaming while my wife and uh, daughter are still in Florida. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Another game that might've made my top 10 armored, armored core six. I'm excited to play it. Things that, the more recent things I've heard about it as people are discussing their top 10 games and podcasts and stuff that I listen to. I'm even more excited to try armored core six. I'm not a big mech person, mech video game person, but I'm a massive from software fan. So I feel like it, I owe it to them to try it out. And from what I'm hearing, feels real good moving around in those machines. So I'm down. Um, 
Octopath Traveler 2, I doubt it would end up on my list. That but made I a lot it. of lists when I was uh, doing a little legwork for people this. People really like it. People are high on it. I liked the first one. I just, I have, I don't know when I'll get around to playing the second one. And I never finished the first one, but I think that's a lot of people didn't finish the first one. Apparently, this indie game, Cocoon, is really good. There's a bunch of indie games, though. Sea of Stars. There's some other ones I haven't written down. Blasphemous 2 is another game that, you know smaller games that I haven't checked out, uh, haven't played them yet. A game that I don't know that I'll ever play, but I have to mention it because it came out this year and it was a big deal. Honestly, two games, Starfield and the Harry Potter game. The Harry Potter game I'd never played because the controversy around it put a bad taste in my mouth. And then to top it all off, uh, the reaction to it was incredibly meh. So... I just if if it's a mid ass open world RPG kind of thing, I don't really have space in my in my on my plate for that, and that kind of goes the same for Starfield. Starfield more so just because like I've already not like the Bethesda approach has not really been my favorite. I said to myself, I'm only gonna play this game if it gets like really good reactions on launch and afterwards, and it's been the opposite. People have been saying what I've been thinking about these kinds of games for a while. The 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 their engine seems antiquated. Their approach to gameplay seems antiquated yeah. at this point. And I think I was watching a really good video about a critique about Starfield. Essentially, with Bethesda. Their biggest thing isn't exact. Isn't necessarily. Bethesda's Bethesda's uh, like gameplay is already like is ten years too old or whatever. Yeah, it's the the gameplay is old, and then the whole so the whole interesting thing you can still get with a Bethesda game is really cool exploration, and between always like fast traveling essentially to planets and not actually like exploring that way, and between the and then the planets all being kind of not interesting enough or populated enough with with stuff that that draws you in between those two things the exploration part the thing about Bethesda games that is the biggest draw is totally neutered in this game and so what do they have left like pretty antiquated boring uh story stuff and dialogue stuff um you know what I mean what do you have you know it just it doesn't really and 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 that and the and the fighting isn't that fun, you know. So it's like there's but just if, nothing. You know, there. the d- dialogue and and all that shit. Like if it's New Vegas, then fuck yeah, people are all about it. But if it's not like, if it's yeah. not as you know compelling as it can be, if you're not taking big risks, then it's yeah, people are just gonna be like, you know, it's funny. I spent so much time in the stars, but I miss my dad. You're like, cool, G- great, yeah. yeah. And New Vegas is a different team, by the way. So That's what I'm saying. Know. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it, though. Those are the games I didn't play. Let's talk about the games I did play that weren't <laughs> remakes. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I'll try to do a top five. Right. How about that? All right. We've got Super Mario Wonder. Amazing. I'm so excited to continue to play with Lexi. I'm also probably going to start my own single player uh, on the trip, and I'm really excited for that. It is doing everything you want a 2D platformer Mario to do. It's just jam-packed full of new ideas, fun moments, it, you know, just joy. Just pure joy. The pure joy of of Mario in a package. Uh, right, it's, Jake? I just have fallen so behind on it. So is it as good as people are saying if it's not enough to, like, hold me? But... Uh, 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of regret this one. Um, maybe what I needed was something more like a sequel to Mario Odyssey, but I, I don't know. Like I, I, I just, I just have, was not fully captured by it. To be fair, I haven't done what you and Lexi have done and like set it up and do the turn taking thing. But I basically just like just spend the whole time bumping my head against everything because I for some reason the game makes me feel like an idiot if you don't like get all the seeds and all the coins in the first go around. So like Mm. the thrill of running through this exciting new world is like kind of hampered by that. I think you got to let go of that. You got to you got to get it more in your head that you're most likely going to replay a bunch of these levels and enjoy them a second time. And that's when you can get all, you know, Sherlock Holmesy about the I, I think you should definitely let go of. And and I think playing it with Lexi has released me mm-hmm. from that feeling because we're switching back and forth. And so I know for a fact I'm going to go back and replay stuff is she's not getting all the stuff, you know, and and oftentimes I'm even getting the wonder yeah. fruit, you know, in the middle of the level. So. Yeah, I I would say it's a much more fun. Mario games are way more fun when you just like enjoy the thing without trying to collect everything up top, and then you go back and you get all nervy well, about it. In my well, in I my wish, experience, I wish we had had this conversation a couple months ago, Holden. <laughs> Play it with Marie. Switch the controller off with Marie, and I think I think that'll help. That'll help you a lot for sure. But. Uh, uh, and damn you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Damn your soul. Straight to hell. <laughs> damn your soul. Just straight to the underworld. Uh, I mean, come on. Tears of the Kingdom, I bro. don't care if people say it's just uh, Breath of the Wild DLC. It's not. That's insane. I like the better thing that Dan Reichert said, that it took one of his favorite games of all time, Breath of the Wild, and made it look like yeah, a tech demo. I The time I spent with Tears of the Kingdom was... Some of the most sublime and just enjoyable times I've spent playing a video game. And I have been playing video games as long as I could hold a controller. It's just, it's just so fucking satisfying, <laughs> like navigating the environment, solving the little puzzles, doing the experimenting with all the weapon combos, just like letting your, your just your, your imagination just guide you and finding some neat little thing and at the end of it, there's like a fun little costume piece or like a, an extra rare material. And it makes everything feel worthwhile. Um, I loved uh, the story with the uh, the magic dragon people and looking up all the tears. I loved uh, Chad Ganondorf. I loved uh, I loved everything about it, man. Uh, just the yeah, just just literally being on a plane taking out my switch and being like, I'm just going to be in the underworld for like an hour and I'm going to love every second of it. Yeah. I think this game was something that I wondered if I was even going to hook into as hard as I did eventually did get hooked in just because I was like, oh, I've, you know, we, we, I was already playing breath of the wild when this game came out cause we were doing an episode on it. Um, I just, I didn't know. I don't know. I just felt like I'd like really kind of, experienced what what this was going to be already in a sense with Breath of the Wild and then no I was totally 
I was completely hooked on this thing. I do think I, I could definitely criticize it a little bit. Like, I don't think it had the most interesting side quest list. I don't know if that was the underworld at times also was grating on me, like just traversing mm. it. And it's very all easy to stuff. get turned around. You look at the map turned and around, you're like, okay, I go this way. And then there is, yeah, a massive wall or just a giant unclimbable mountain that like you just there's no visible way to get around. But like for the most part, the fact that you could really come up with so many interesting ways to traverse obstacles to get through entire dungeons in like totally unique, interesting ways. The building is such a cool idea. So is Ascension. So like everything is such an interesting idea. But when you when you realize the connection between the overworld and the underworld, it's like there's so many just big mind blowing moments like that. And they gave us much better boss fights oh, yeah. than the first one. And much better large dungeons than the first one. And like just the sheer amount of fascinating puzzle concepts they came up with for those temples is overwhelming. It's 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 really a feat in in game design. It's definitely going to be on my top five. I really so. could like now talking about this, like if this was the only game that came out, I could be playing it every day and like be OK with it. Sure. It's one of those games. And it's a game I want to go back to at some point because there's tons I haven't done and I beat the game and I got I did a lot of stuff in that game. But there's so many side quests, so many uh, smaller temples that I have not completed. Like, it's kind of crazy. Another game that came out that I feel like I kind of can't give it its full due because I never got it running properly on my shit. I think I'm going to try to re-download it onto my SDD with its update software updates now. Uh, that game is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Oh. And I really liked what I played of it when it was running well. No one seemed like super hype on this game per se. And like the in the you know podcasts I've been listening to, year endless I've seen. But it is a solid ass one of these, and I love Fallen Order. I, I I feel like I almost like can't. I'm. It's not going to go in my top five, but almost more so because I never got it running <laughs> the way it needed to run on PC to give it its full attention. And it came out, and it came out right alongside. I do believe Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter Six, and a bunch of other stuff. So it was just really impossible to give it its due this year. That's a part of it. That's part of the job. If they can't like, you know, I know we live in a world where like day one is the worst time to play a game. And the real, you know, the real thing to do is wait a month when it's all patched. But you know, that's, that's a fair criticism. You don't have to like apologize for that. No, for sure. And I, I, I should have just gotten it on PS5. I'm having PC issues on top of it having a bad launch on PC. So it's just like a terrible combination. Man, a game that might make my top five, top five just because it really was the, the problem. Like, I, I don't know if I can rank it in top five because I don't know if it's actually that great or like that much of a change from the last one to, to, give it this amount of love, but Diablo four, I did play the shit out of as a podcast game. And that counts. That counts. I put my mobile game bullshit on the list. It was extremely reliable as a, as a podcast game for me. The only problem is it's, Story was like Diablo in the past. Like I stopped paying attention pretty quickly. Uh, I didn't. At least I'm I'm too busy to have the problem a lot of people had. It took me a, quite a while to get through that 
main story mode. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely did not feel the same way about its content or lack thereof. And I don't really understand that honestly from people because it's like, dude, I mean, I, I, I'm still not even at the like post game post game where you can do the season stuff. Like I, I would have to go back in and do a bunch of kind of after you see the credits quest. So like, yes, I'm in post game, but not like the deep post game that people uh, have complaints about, you know? So I don't even know what to say. I, I, I think it was great. I, I think it ran good on my shit. It looked really good and I got lost in it. And I will probably go back to it when I hit a lull and I just want that brain dead thing in my life, you know? So shout out to Diablo 4 in that way. Uh, a game that won't make my top five, but I enjoyed it a lot uh, for what it was. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. I didn't finish it. It's the rhythm-based beat-em-up. It has a really cool, splashy look. Very fun. This is this game it hits so many of my fucking uh, like demographic like it's a rhythm game. It's has a cool cartoon anime art style. The thing is full of like nerd references. It's like available on every platform and it's constantly on sale. And like wh- who's the creative team behind it? There's like some real like Japanese dev royalty who also like worked oh, yeah. on it. Uh and I still haven't bought it. I still haven't played it. It's I like I think you'll like it, man. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's very fun. It's very, very fun. And it's a good one to just pick up for a little while and bop into, which is the kind of game I think you like anyways. So check out Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, it's Shinji Mikami's uh, studio. So yeah. A game that will make it in my top five is Street Fighter Six. Shocker. Street Fighter Six is so nice because... As a person who got really into competitive fighting games with Street Fighter V, got like finally started to take fighting games more seriously in terms of learning frame rate shit and uh, like, you know, combos and anti airs and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it, 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 you know, negative and plus, it, it was such a, a savior for me because finally people were like high on Street Fighter and fighting games in general in a way that they hadn't been until this game came out. Not only that, not only is it really good like in terms of the online competitive stuff, in terms of just the whole net code thing, and in terms of the basic mechanics and people really liking the drive gauge and all that kind of stuff over the like V trigger system of Street mm-hmm. Fighter Five. All that aside, there's so much single player content here, it's crazy. There's a full... RPG mode that's like heavily influenced by Yakuza. The world tour thing. Very cool. My reward for hitting diamond rank will be to play that mode. So I'm like trying to get to diamond rank so I can, I can enjoy that. You got to make a uh, dono incentive so people can fuck with your character's appearance. Just sure. Make a real mutant. The crazy battle lounge, the, the, all of its extra bells and whistles are great. The training mode is really strong, really good at actually teaching you fighting game fundamentals. I just love it. I think it's just, I think it's wonderful. I I am so glad it's here. I've been waiting for so long for this. And I feel like I'm better at this game than I was at Street Fighter V. Interesting. And yes, I think the ranking system's more skewed. Like, 
platinum in this game isn't platinum in Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. Like the way they do rankings, a lot more generous in Street Fighter. It's 6. also a new. But I still do. Just, you think the effect where like you got into Street Fighter Five way late in its life cycle, so like you had to learn from the diehards that were still in it. And now you're playing against a wider population. I think it's just I'm clicking better with the feel of the game and the basic mechanics of the game. Like I never fully wrap my head around crush counters in Street Fighter Five. Like I just never, I never felt like I kind of. I feel like, and I feel like it's also just me, my evolution as a player. Like I've just continued to play these games, and so every new game that comes out, I have I have more experience to bring to it on launch than previous ones but i don't know it just feels better i'm just like having a better time playing it on the whole uh also we've got a game that poof, very very likely will make my list very possible that we both played recently alan wake 2 oh my god i every time we talk about this game all i think about is fuck i wish we could stop recording so i could immediately start playing this game again it's so cool but the fact is it's it's such it's the opposite of a podcast game. Yeah. It's just this beautiful combination of like Twilight Zone, X-Files, Twin Peaks, uh, horror, like every horror game that came before it, all with this like weird Scandinavian, I don't know if Finland is technically Scandinavia, don't yell at me, but this Finnish kind of sarcasm and wry kind of meta commentary writing throughout everything. As someone that's grown up playing a ton of Remedy games all the way from Max Payne to uh, the first Alan Wake to control all the little Easter eggs. It feels really fun being a part of this shared universe. Um, It's beautiful to look at. Incredible art direction. Very smart use of environments and assets where, you know, they're reusing areas a lot, but it doesn't feel like you're just uh, playing in the same place over and over again. Um, The characters, the dialogue... Even the fun like mechanics where you have to go to the the plot board or you have to go to the evidence board or you're profiling or doing all this shit. That stuff's so cool. And my favorite is rewriting the story in on Alan Wake's side. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh I just got through the Devil Hotel. Yeah. That was fucking great. Where like you're it's like a an a performance of sleep no more basically gone yeah, wrong. That's awesome. Man, it's good. It's probably gonna make my top five. It's just great. We've talked about it uh, already a decent amount. Unless they really fucked up, fuck up the ending. Unless it literally I, just uh, goes full Game of Thrones and they like flip you off and you're like, yeah, yeah, everything you thought this and game I am was about. In, I am, I am in the end game. By the way, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm only a few chapters away from from the from the uh, credits there, but it's awesome. A game I've talked ad nauseum about on this stream, and so I don't need to talk about it too much more. Um, it probably won't make my top five, but I did enjoy it quite a lot. Final Fantasy 16 had amazing kaiju-inspired giant wild battles. Uh, the combat was pretty fun. At times, it got a, little, a bit repetitive and d- pretty dialed in. Uh, way too many side quests. <laughs> Some pretty boring, just kind of slower movement in terms of like side quest dialogue. I feel like they could have edited a lot. They could have tightened it up a bit more. But it was still a really cool entry in in the Final Fantasy series. It could make my top five, honestly, as I'm looking at stuff. But uh, I I think we can move on in terms of discussion. I've talked about it a lot. A game that definitely is making my top five. 
that came out of nowhere that really, really just fed. Just I needed something. It's, it's, we haven't. We don't got this Elden Ring DLC coming anytime soon. It's been a while since we've had a good Souls or Souls like Lies of P. Really got me there. It was a mix between two of my favorite Souls likes, Bloodborne and Sekiro. I loved the parry system. The boss fights are really cool. I mean, just some of the design stuff with the dark Pinocchio-inspired approach just totally floored me. I just really loved it. And it's going to take, take make my top five because I was hooked on that game. I, I was playing like three games at once. I dropped all of them to to play Liza P to its completion. That's, it was a, a, game that's I was, a very high acclaim. You know, I like- was I, I dropped Street Fighter Six. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 and Diablo 4 to just play Eliza P and then went back and like beat, you know, FF 16 and, and Diablo 4. But, but Eliza P just like so good. I'm definitely want to do another playthrough of it. There's like multiple endings. So I want to like, yeah, it's, it's a game that's uh, going to be in my life for a while that I think is incredibly uh, underrated in terms of game of the year discourse this year. Uh, always is though the souls likes always are. I have two more games to talk about. What were you gonna right. say? I was gonna ask. Like uh, we're still in the nominee portion before we get to the final round. Oh, it'll be the 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 final. I already kind of. I already have my. I already have four games. Uh, All right, socked socked into uh, socketed into the uh, top five. Locked and socketed. Socked. I got uh, socked. It. Yeah, you know we're making up words here. Uh, we've got Mortal Kombat One, which is another game that could possibly fill that final slot. It's great. Uh, probably the best story mode of the recent Mortal Kombat games, and that's saying something. Is ne- never Nether Realm has knocked it out of the park when it comes to their story mode shit recently in Mortal Kombat games. But it is really fun what they do. Uh, it's a very fun, silly, funny violent wonderful story mode i what else what else with this game oh the assist thing is cool i feel like i've never quite got wrapped my head around it my problem with this game in terms of ranking it is like i'm i'm and i'm kind of waiting like i'm getting a hitbox probably in the next month or a leverless controller at least <laughs> maybe not hitbox branded but i'm i'm getting one soon and I feel like I've almost been waiting to get that to really get more serious about Mortal Kombat 1 mm. because I don't really love playing fighting games on pad anymore, but I don't like playing Mortal Kombat with stick because of the way they do their special moves and stuff. So I think it looks beautiful. I'm really enjoying playing it. I really like all the single player stuff. I even really like the infiltration stuff. I think if I was a little deeper in on the infiltration stuff, it would not, I would like it less, but as a thing, I just jump in and get some fights in. I'm liking it. The one did disconnect from this and street fighter six is just that I haven't really gotten into the like online competitive aspect of it and would probably have a lot more thoughts Mm or bigger feelings about it in terms of game of the year. If that had happened, but it's, it deserves its due. It's fucking awesome. And uh, I'm happy it's it's hanging at least in the top ten. It's when you think about Nether Realm and like how just like th- it's the only remnant of the massive Chicago pinball like electromechanical arcade empire that like Bally and Midway once was. It's so weird that like this the sole like the the single remnant of that tradition is. The game where a Shaolin monk uh, punches the balls out of yeah. a robot's yeah, mouth. Absolutely, it's so ridiculous. Yeah, I mean I, that's the thing. I haven't even like watched a lot of the fatalities. That's the funny thing with that game. But I like played all of story mode and everything. It's just it's just, it's great. 
a game that maybe would make my would have made my list halfway through the year, but because I've had some time away from it, and when it was brought up in a different discourse about uh get for game of the year, where they kind of were like what whatever about it, uh, it made me realize I can't really remember anything from the game. Oh, uh, Wolong Fi- Fallen Dynasty, which I really liked. I think it's a Team Ninja Sekiro like. I mean, I wonder that if I just sat back down with it for a little bit, I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is absolutely my top five. I beat it. I played the shit out of it. I mean, I played it relentlessly, but my memory is so... I don't think I've even heard of this game. What the fuck? I love this game. I definitely talked to you about this game like earlier in the year, for sure. It's it's it because it's a a solid souls like, but because I can't remember fucking anything about it, I'm kind of got to... I think I got to stick with Liza P as my souls like for my top five. Oh, yeah, definitely. So this leaves me with Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter 6, Liza P, Alan Wake 2, and one more game. Uh, and it's down to Super Mario Wonder, Diablo 4, Final Fantasy 16, Mortal Kombat 1. I will say in terms of like hours locked in, you've spoken to me a lot about Final Fantasy 16. I have, you've always come back to it's it. It's because it's like not perfect you know what i mean mm. it's really tough i i don't know i could kind of give you a reason for and against all of these yeah i guess final fantasy 16 but i i've, I've spent too much time being like when's this going to be over p- while playing it to, to i think it's down to super mario wonder diablo 4 just doesn't do enough different from diablo 3 it is absolute junk food i love it but i know it is junk food i see it as junk food that brings us to Mortal Kombat 1 and Super Mario Wonder. I think those are the two to me that are like, wow, these are like standouts, really solid. I've already got Street Fighter 6 on the list. I Mortal Kombat 1, I deleted so I could play other stuff for a while. Super Mario Wonder, I think, goes on my list. I think it, I do think it is, I think it is number five, mm-hmm. but it's on this list. All right. For sure. Okay, so to rank the other ones. Street Fighter 6, Lies of P, Alan Wake 2, and Tears of the Kingdom. I think what I'm going to go with, personally, because there are things about Tears of the Kingdom that I didn't love, as mentioned previously. Mm-hmm. And the, that's the only reason why I think it's going to be second for me to Street Fighter 6. I think my list is locked, actually. All right. It's Street Fighter 6 at number one, Tears of the Kingdom at number two, Lies of P at number three, Alan Wake 2 at number four, and at number five, Super Mario Wonder. That's my list. A wonderful and diverse list that captures uh, many different aspects of the gaming experience. That's a wonderful list. Yeah, I'm happy with this. this. I think this works. All right, there you have it. Well, let's uh, do a really quick uh, recap and get out of here. So pull up your your stuff. We'll start with movies. My top three movies of the year, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Barbie uh, at number two, and at number one, Taylor Swift Eras. What did you have, Jake? Uh, I'm going to say number one, Barbie, number two, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and three, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. For TV shows, Squid Game, The Challenge at number three, Love is One, number two, Jury Duty at number one. You just had a special shout out to One Piece. I yeah, number one, one. One Piece was my number one. Uh, we also have uh, ga- the best remakes, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario RPG, Metroid Prime Remastered, Dead Space uh, at number four, Resident Evil 4 winning that category. Uh, your mobile game of the year? Uh, Mighty Doom. 
Mighty Doom. And shout outs to at least Baldur's Gate 3 and Spider-Man 2 for being games that <laughs> definitely would have ended up in my top five that I just haven't played yet. And so that leaves us with the top five games of uh, 2023 as according to one Holden McNeely. My, yeah, uh, Tears, Alan Wake 2, and Wonder, I guess, make it for me, but uh, I, I'll go with your your uh, list as the official Whisper list. Oh, yeah, good, good. So that's your top three, Alan, at, Alan Wake 2 at number three, mm-hmm. and then uh, what were the other? Tears 1, Wake 2, 2, Wonder 3. Hell yeah, and my top five games starting with number five, Super Mario Wonder, Alan Wake 2 at number four, at number three, Lies of P. Tears of Kingdom at number two, and Street Fighter VI at number one, a game I plan to play for probably at least another couple years. All right, that's it. That's our wrap-up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this a little bit different uh, flavor of an episode. We'll be back with our regular stuff in the new year. Thanks, everybody, and have a good one. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Making your cat happy is a number one priority. Priority number two is keeping a clean litter box. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter helps you do both. Fresh Step Outstretch Litter traps waste at the surface with less crumbles and absorbs more waste and odor compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Litter at a store near you today. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates.